Hi, and thank you for listening in to the New Song Podcast from this week's service. You are welcome and encouraged to join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays in person. And for more information on how to get involved with New Song, go to newsonglouisville.org and follow us on social media. And now for today's message. today. I always get excited about this time of the year. I get excited about sharing some things with you as we enter into the new year. What perfect kind of positioning and timing and opportunity. We're on the cusp of finishing out 2023, entering into 2024. This is an exciting time, and I hope you'll really have an open heart today as we as we talk about and think about and pray about and move together as a family of faith into what God has for us in 2024. And I I know, I know what some of you are feeling, thinking. I know the whole New Year's resolution thing is so blown out of the water. Some of you, if you're not careful, you know, it's almost time to repeat the whole New Year, New Me thing, you know, and you're kind of dismissing what I'm talking about. Hang in there, okay? Because I think God has something new for you in the new year. I don't want you to miss it. I know some of you are feeling like this. The 1st of December through the 26th of December. Festive. 27th of December to the 31st of December. Confused. Full of cheese. Unsure of what even day of the week it is. Some of you are feeling that way right now. You're like, ah. Man, I've been to so many Christmas parties and gatherings. I'm not, I'm not sure what day it even is. Well, I want to start by just saying to you, today could be day one, or tomorrow could be day one, or you could enter this new year again going one day. I'll make the changes I need to make. And the decision is really yours. Day one or one day? Day one of starting into some new holy habits that are going to put you on the fast track to becoming more godly, to becoming more peaceful, to becoming more joyful, to drawing closer to the heart of God. Or you can opt for, you know, one day when I get around to it, I'm going to, I'm going to really, you know, start a devotional time. One day when I get around to it, I'm going to uh, lose some weight. One day when I, you know, when I finally got time in my schedule, you know, I'd really like to get on a new exercise program. One day... One day, one day, and one day never seems to come, but day one is tomorrow. Day one of 2024 is tomorrow, and you can walk out today with your life journal, with your prayer guide, with your awe of God, and with a fresh commitment to Jesus that this is going to be day one. Tomorrow is going to be day one of a new year full of blessings, full of God's guidance, full of closeness with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Do you know that only one in three Americans right now are excited about the future? This is what studies are saying. Only one in three are excited about the future of our nation. There's an incredible 
pessimism across our land. It should not be so for the children of God because you know what? God has your future. And you are securely in his hands and nothing, nothing can pluck you out of his hands. I've been noticing something in our culture all around us, even in the mirror. We got issues. Lots of issues. I mean, political issues, personal issues, family issues, financial issues, emotional issues, mental health issues. We got issues. I got issues, and they definitely have issues. They out there, right? But in all honesty, we've all got issues. I even have found, as I'm, as I'm looking at things and, and, and trying to understand things, that there are some of us who have developed what I'll call issue FOMO. That you, you see other people and they have an issue and you're like, I don't want to miss out. I want to have that issue too. I know that sounds strange, but I'm telling you, it's happening, especially among our young people. And I don't know if you've noticed it, but the issues that we're surrounded with, that we're dealing with, that we're walking through, seem to be harder to get through, too. Have you noticed that? It's like, it's like slogging through peanut butter, trying to get through the issues that are surrounding us in our world today. And by the way, you know, you can talk about New Year's resolutions all you like. Studies show that the average American keeps them for 19 days. I don't want to even talk about New Year's resolutions because in just a little over a month, you will have forgotten about them. They will have faded away. They will have really done nothing. I always like to talk about, I even think about it like this, not a New Year's resolution, but a New Year's revolution. What's God going to do in my heart that's going to compel me forward, move me forward, and change me and challenge me in the new year? Because in all honesty, you're going to be the same person next year that you are today, except for the commitments you make and keep the books you read, the Bible, hopefully, number one, the friends that you keep, the food you eat, the exercise you do, there's just a number of things. Really, in all honesty, you are a, a compilation of your daily habits. What are your daily habits? You hear me talk about this pretty much every year because in all honesty, it's so very important. There's no way of getting around it. I've been around long enough that I've seen God do some miraculous things. I've seen God instantaneously deliver people. Yeah. Anybody seen that? I've seen God instantaneously heal people. But the vast majority of time, I've seen people change when they've adapted and been consistent and faithful with daily godly habits. 
In fact, I'm not sure that I've ever seen anybody change instantaneously from being an undisciplined person who wasn't into the Word, who didn't spend time before God, who didn't practice the spiritual disciplines, and instantaneously they were changed. No, you're a compilation of the habits you keep, of the things you do on a day-to-day basis. So today... As we look for day one, what's going to make the difference in your life? There's an old study that I absolutely love, and I've quoted this throughout the years because it stuck with me. A group of sociologists did a study years ago with 90-year-old people and older, and they asked them, what are the things you wish you could do differently in your life? Three things stood out. Number one was they said they wish they'd taken more risks. See, isn't it interesting? You know, none of us ever regret, or, or you know, we regret the risk we didn't take not the fact that we chose not to take the risk. They wish they'd taken more risks. Number two, they wish they'd done more things that would live on after them. Think about that with me for a minute. What are you doing in this life that's going to live on after you? If Jesus chooses to not come back in our lifetime, and you and I pass away, go to heaven, what's going to live on? What's going to live on after you and I are gone? What will we have poured our lives into? And I know your, your obvious answer is your kids, but even beyond that, what have you invested in? What have you worked toward? What have you given yourself to that's going to live on after you? Number three, they would have reflected more. They would have taken more time to sit quietly and reflect on the meaning of their life, the impact of their life, and what their life was really about. Because sometimes, quite honestly, we live at such a pace that we're just, we're just zooming through this life and then we get to the end of it and we go, what happened? So, one day or day one, you decide. I want each and every one of us here at New Song to have a fresh start as we move into 2024. Check out this scripture. I love it. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. Is created new. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons. Look at it. A fresh start. A fresh start. Everybody say with me. A fresh start. Okay, one of you did. Thank you, Gina. Let's do it again. Everybody say it with me. A fresh start. Come on, together. A fresh start. Are you guys awake this morning? Am I, am I preaching to the right crowd? All right, fantastic. Aristotle said it this way, we are what we repeatedly do. C.S. Lewis said it this way, put first things first and second things are thrown in. Put second things first, and you lose both first and second things. Meditate on that one for a while. How many of you are familiar with this book? Anybody read this book? One of the best books out there right now. It's been at the top. It's called Atomic Habits. It's the number one New York Times bestseller. It's the highest rated book on Amazon on habits. It's got 4.8 out of 5 stars with over 100,000 plus reviews. 
I would highly recommend it. Tiny changes, remarkable results. I've got several quotes from it this morning that I want to throw out to you just to get your mind thinking about habits for a little bit. And then I want to give you a few habits to consider as, as day one approaches. So listen to what James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, has to say. He says, some people spend their entire lives waiting for the time to be right to make an improvement. It's easy to get bogged down trying to find the optimal plan for change, the fastest way to lose weight, the best program to build muscle, the perfect idea for a side hustle. We're so focused on figuring out the best approach that we never get around to taking action. As Voltaire once wrote, the best is the enemy of the good. Making a choice that's 1% better or 1% worse seems insignificant in the moment, but over the span of moments that make up a lifetime, these choices determine the difference between who you are and who you could be. Success is the product of daily habits, not once-in-a-lifetime transformations. There's what I just talked about. God isn't going to do it instantaneously in your life, more than likely. He's going to ask you to commit yourself to holy habits, godly habits, that day in and day out, when practiced faithfully, will make you look more like Him in this earth will make your life more godly, more joy-filled, more peaceful. It's hard to change your habits if you never change the underlying beliefs that led to your past behavior. You have a new goal and a new plan, but you haven't changed who you are. Boy, now there's a place where God can come in Let's go back to what we just looked at, right? (laughs) Now we look inside. What we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. God is the one who does make all things new, who can give you the strength and the power to be a new person. What is it that you think God might want to do in your life in 2024? He wants to change probably how you see yourself. Because most of us, we've seen ourselves in a very limited fashion, and we've put up walls, and we've made defenses, and we we have kind of secured ourselves, if you will, from changing too much. We kind of like our comfort zones. One last one, and I love this one. All big things come from small beginnings. The seed of every habit is a single tiny decision. But as that decision is repeated, a habit sprouts and grows stronger. Roots entrench themselves. Branches grow. The task of breaking a bad habit is like uprooting a powerful oak within us. And the task of building a good habit is like cultivating a delicate flower one day at a time. So this morning, this isn't easy. If it was, everybody would do it. It's challenging. It takes deliberate intentionality. But what habits 
are you going to put in place in 2024 that if you will follow them faithfully, can and will increase your walk with God, your closeness to God, and your impact on this earth? Romans chapter 12, I love this passage. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Now, there's a key phrase and one you ought to latch on to for 2024. God, I want you to develop that well-formed maturity in me where I go from being a spiritual child to a spiritual adult mature and develop. So this morning, some habits as we, as we move forward. The first habit, really the only habit that I want to talk to you fully about today, and there's lots of good habits to develop. I would encourage you to read the book, Atomic Habits. Pray about what God wants you to do. Uh, if you have a bulletin, somebody have a bulletin, there's your sheet in there. Ten things, ten questions to be asking as you move into this new year. They're powerful questions. I encourage you to look them over. Pray about them. But I want to focus you on just a few things here this morning. And the first habit is simply this. You focus on what you do first. It's the principle of priority. It runs throughout the Bible. It's incredibly powerful. In fact, nothing is going to change your life in any way greater than simply this, putting God first in your life. I want you to really consider this in the presence of the Lord. Is God first in your life? Is he really first in your life? Is he first right now? In this moment, is he going to be first later today? Because you're going to have to keep making that decision because other things are going to try to get in the way of God being first in your life. Primarily yourself. Is God first in your life? I said this last year, and I'm going to say it again. My, my dear friend Rick, God spoke to his heart through this saying last year. I'm, I'm going to give you a really sober truth here this morning. If God's not first in your life, you don't have God in your life. You might think you do. You might think you've kind of added him on. As, you know, a nice little supplement to your life, your life. But God doesn't take second place. God doesn't deserve second place. God doesn't want second place. God's not satisfied with second place. God's either in first place or he's really in no place in your life. If he's not at the top of your list, he's actually not on your list. Do you get it? He refuses to be denigrated to a lower place than his true worth and value in your life. He has the right to do that because he first gave his first to you. He always models the truth for us and, and he shows us what he expects of us. 
And he said to us, right? He said, I'm going to show you the priority that you and I have in this life by giving his only begotten son. I'm giving him as a sacrifice to pay for your sins in a grueling way, past, present, and future. God, God has already modeled the, the, the obedience, the sacrifice, the priority. Now it's up to you and I. Is God going to be first in your life? Christianity, listen, is not about joining a church. It's not about going through the growth track. It's not about even going on a mission trip. Christianity is really about reordering your life to reflect God first in every area of your life. If he isn't, then that's the place to start with fresh surrender to him in 2024. The great father of the church in about the 6th century, Augustine, said this, Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. It's so true. See, don't look at God through human eyes only. He's not a human. He's the supreme creator and the almighty God of the whole universe and of every universe, every Milky Way, every galaxy, everything there is. And he's worthy, completely worthy of all your praise, your honor, your glory, your life. And he requires first in your life. There's no other place where God fits. He's first or he's really not in your life. Genesis 1.1 starts the word by saying, in the beginning, God. Exodus 20, God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. No gods before him. God doesn't mind you loving something. In fact, when you have him first and he's the center of your life, all of your, I mean, your love, your ability to love, your capacity to love explodes and increases. You can love other things. He just absolutely deserves and desires to be loved first in your life. Number two, give God the first of everything. This is not a money principle. It's much bigger than that. But it's one of those principles that there's a tangible sense to. And, and, and I love things that you can get your arms around, that you can look at, that you can say, oh, yeah, okay, I, I, I see that. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, it belongs to the Lord, it's holy to the Lord. A tithe of everything. Tithe literally means 10%. And God is saying to you and I, 10% of everything you earn, everything you produce, I want you to set it apart as holy unto me. Deuteronomy 14, 23 says it this way. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. Tracy and I got in a little argument over this the other day. Uh, we, were, we were heading into Costco. 
in uh, our, our favorite place to shop. If you're ever trying to find me and you can't find me, not in the office or not at home, I might be at Costco. It's a good chance. I was at Costco. We just had walked in, right? And, and I think maybe we were kind of in a hurry. And um, she looked over and I was on my phone. And she was wanting to move along, you know. She had a lot of things that she was looking for, interested in seeing. And, Come on, honey, what are you doing on your phone? Well, I, I had noticed, I had just noticed that we had just gotten paid. And uh, I hadn't noticed it until then. And I thought, now, wait a minute. I'm getting ready to go in Costco and buy some things, but I haven't given to the Lord first. So I'm literally standing just inside the door at Costco, and I'm on push pay. And I'm, give, I'm, I'm figuring my tithe out. I went to my bank account, saw how much I got paid, figured out, what, 10%, maybe a bit above. And, and I went to push pay and I was giving right there in Costco. My wife was getting a little aggravated, but I was like, honey, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving to the Lord, honey. Because I don't, I don't want to go buy something before I've honored him first. Does that make sense? Still praying and hoping my wife forgives me, but you know, it was, this is what I was doing. Trying to keep in a very tangible, real way, God first. Because this is not a money principle as much as it is a priority principle. We're to learn how to put God first in every area of our life. What? Let me just ask that question. In 2024, as you move into this new year, what would happen if you truly put God first in every area? What would that look like? What's it going to look like for you about five hours from now for you to put God first in your life? In those moments to make him first. See, putting Jesus as Lord of your life, again, is, is not just a daily decision. It's, it's a moment-by-moment moment decision. By the way, I, you know, I, I've, I've said this before, it's been a long time, but when you pray the prayer and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life, he doesn't just take over and make you a robot. That'd be nice, right? Jesus, be Lord of my life. Oh, Jesus, you are Lord. I'm going to do your will. I'm going to do your will. I'm full of joy. I'm full of peace. I'm going to serve my neighbor. I'm going to go out. I'm going to shovel snow. I'm going to help people out of the parking lot. I'm going to do everything you've called me to do. Jesus, you are Lord. Be nice, wouldn't it? Doesn't work that way. When I pray, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, every moment of every day, I get to decide whether that was a real prayer and whether I really meant it and whether I really walk it out. Do you hear me? It doesn't just happen automatically. He doesn't, you know, all of a sudden, kind of like a puppet master, put his hand up my back and now all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything he's called me to do. No, I get to be a part of the process of making Jesus Lord of my life. Through every action, through every word, through every deed, through whether or not I take captive every thought or not. Give him the first of everything. 
What does that mean? Let's break that down a little bit. Let's talk about giving God the first of some things this morning. How about the first of your year? That's why we have introduced long, long, long ago, in fact, from the beginning of this church, 30 years now, we fasted at the beginning of the year for all 30 years. We currently focus on 21 days of prayer and fasting because we as a church want to make a clear statement, God, you're first. We set aside, we set apart the year unto you. Starting on January 8th through January 28th, we're going to pray and fast. We'll have the doors open at 7 a.m., Monday through Friday. We'll invite you to come, pray with us. We'll be doing some special prayer times through that. We'll be talking about praying and seeking the Lord through that month. You've got resources back there to encourage you in this. Fast something. There's four types of fast, by the way that we'll run through just quickly this morning. We'll talk a little more about this probably next week. There's a complete fast, which is water or juice only. There's a selective fast where you choose certain foods to fast. I'm just, I'm going to give up sodas for the 21 days. I'm going to give up all sweets for the 21 days. Uh, I proposed to my wife the other day, I was thinking I, I, I might give up a, a Brussels sprouts for all 21 days. She wasn't impressed. Because I don't ever eat Brussels sprouts anyway. They're like big gooey eyeballs. I, you know, I don't want those things. That's no sacrifice. That's not a fast. It's giving up something you desire, you enjoy, you like, because your heart wants to go after God so much. There's a partial fast, maybe fasting breakfast or fasting lunch. Or as the Jewish people have done historically, they will fast from sun up to sundown or sundown to sun up. And uh, there's, there's ways to do that. Then there's what we call a soul fast. A soul fast, which is really something different but powerful. What it's, it's, it's really monitoring what goes into my emotions and my mind. Social media, TV, media, all that kind of thing. Some of you, your best fast would be to fast this for 21 days. As much as you could. I know for some, your work is tied in there. But you know what? You don't need to be doom scrolling 10 hours a day. How about the first of the month? How about sitting down with your spouse or sitting down yourself just before the Lord and scheduling and budgeting, looking over your schedule? Is God in your schedule for the month? If you're married, is your marriage next? Are you putting priority on your marriage? Are date nights included in the month? Are you building into that most important relationship? How about your kids? Are you spending quality time with your kids? What about your money? Are you being generous? Are you being good stewards? How about the first of your week? Can I just suggest something to you that's so radical in the world we live in today? It is so radical. It's called the Sabbath. It was a concept introduced long ago by God himself, if you haven't heard of it. It's out of the heart and wisdom of God. And yet so many of us think we know better. That's sad. You don't know better than God. Do you want God on your side blessing your life? Set aside one day to do this. Stop, rest, and delight. Just stop. 
Stop the wheels from turning. Stop, stop running on the treadmill. Stop chasing the Joneses, trying to keep up with the Joneses. Stop and make time to worship. Make time to rest. Here's one of my favorite. Take a holy nap. Anybody ever taken a holy nap? They're all holy. It's unto the Lord. I mean, man, talk about refreshing. Take a walk. Eat a great meal. Delight yourself in God's goodness. Do something that brings joy to your heart, to your family. Spend time together. Enrich relationship with your family or friends. Take a Sabbath and watch what God does. He'll make your six days more productive than if you worked all seven. I don't know how he does it, but he's God and he does. How about the first of my day? I just so want to encourage you. Give God the first of your day. Give him the first of your day. Every day. Develop a holy habit. Do, do something that every day you're setting aside time. And I, I, I have never really been a morning person. I'm much more a morning person now than I've ever been. But set aside. Do what you've got to do to make those first minutes of your morning God-honoring. I'm not so caught up on how much time you spend as, as I just want to so deeply encourage that you spend time with God every morning. If, if you start with 10 minutes, great. If you spend an hour, even better. But spend time with God. The way you start your day is often going to absolutely influence the way your day goes. That's why you put God at the start of the day. Make a fresh commitment to him every day. Surrender your life to him every day. Start your day. Can I even suggest this? And this is going to sound radical, but fall on your knees at the beginning of your day every day and say, Jesus, I surrender to you today. Can you do it any time of the day? Sure you can. But there's something special about starting the day with God. What about 15 minutes even? First 15 minutes and think about it like this. Five minutes in the word, five minutes in worship, five minutes in, in just in, in journaling, five minutes in the word, five minutes in worship, five minutes in journaling. And then let me tell you, Last, as we close our time here today, if you will commit to holy habits in 2024, you can expect God to bless the rest. How many of you would like to have God's blessing on really every area of your life? Then put him first. Proverbs 3, 6 through 10, it says this, in all your ways acknowledge him. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. One last quote from James Clear, Atomic Habits. Your actions reveal how badly you want something. If you keep saying something's a priority, but you never act on it, 
then you really don't want it. It's time to have an honest conversation with yourself because your actions reveal your true motivations. You want to draw closer to God and have his blessing on your life in 2024? Then you put some holy habits into place and be faithful with them throughout the year. Amen. Do you stand with me? Do you bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment, Lord? We just humble ourselves before you right now. We just acknowledge our great need for you. We just say, Jesus, without you, we can do nothing. We desperately need you in every area of our lives. We see a world around us that is falling apart at the seams. But we believe and we know that if our life is rooted and grounded on the rock, we won't be shaken. So God, help us to develop the kind of habits that will anchor us, even in stormy times, that will ground us, that will make us, as your word says, unshakable. Lord, we truly want you to be Lord every day and every moment of our lives. Show us how to do that as we move into 2024 for your glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Can you give the Lord praise this morning? Amen. Amen.